Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Schoenemann alongside both my co-hosts today, Barry Rice and hey, hey. Robertson. What's up, everybody? It's so good to be here. Man, so it's so good to be with you guys. It's, a, it's just an amazing, the summer is like halfway through it already, which you know what that means. Yeah, it's just weird. Football sitting. Foot, foot, Football season is almost here. Preseason games are like right around the corner. College, I mean, you know, like the good teams, like the Florida State Seminoles, they're getting ready to start their season. And the Liberty Flames, they're getting ready to start. And then I think like the Reptiles, they got us, they, they play yeah. football still. Maybe it's funny talking about football. We haven't <laughs> talked about football in a while. We definitely go when the season goes. I mean, well, we were just talking about yeah. maybe going to the Florida, Florida state game. That'd that be fun. Is, man, that's like, it's like five months away. That's like Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, that's, yeah. it's fun. If you've never been to a Florida, Florida state, why game, don't we put it under pencil and, and let's plan it. I've gone to four of them and oh. they're, they're phenomenal. Oh, wow. They are so much fun. I just don't like anybody in the stadium. I'm neither a Florida fan or a Florida state. I, yeah. you know, don't matter to you. No. Does Liberty ever come to Florida? Uh, they no. haven't. You have not they? yet. Not yet. They're they, moving. They up, need though. an invite. They're going to keep but, getting that, you know, b- bigger conferences and who knows? Well, their coach now and their athletic, they're the, pr- the president of the university is a football guy. There you go. So here we go. So you heard it first. They're joining the sec going to take down Alabama. Oh, I don't think I never so. said that. <laughs> Can we walk before we run? And then you woke up from your dream. I, I will tell you what my, my pastor said, that one day they will beat Notre Dame. Wow. I believe that. I the believe Christian that. school versus the Catholic school? Yeah, yeah. USC is a Catholic school. So what are you saying? Catholic school is not a Christian school? Well, no, I mean, Catholic is like you're saying there. Be careful. We have a lot of Catholic Well, let me, just, let me define that. A Catholic, def- define Catholic go to a protestant fine christian school okay there you go all right yeah man, man we yeah. just lost all of our boston college notre dame and yeah. usc fans man I think we need to start over and baylor, and baylor, baylor too right in baylor a catholic school too uh, i don't know no. about that one. it's in texas oh you're right what am i talking oh about? no that's a like a baptist i believe yeah, it is. Like that. i yeah. don't know what i'm talking about yeah Anyway, I'm excited about football. Still. Everybody, you have, you have to offend everybody. Man, and I was worried about doing that on our show a month ago when we talked about the the gay, the, the pride, pride, show, the pride yeah. show. Yeah, we offended everybody with football instead. Yeah, we love so, talking about good. football. Though. I mean, that's it's good. It's uh, it's I I don't know. There's no hey, other sport that you can just hey really guys, watch. My seven year old starting to play football. That's oh, exciting. here we go. Mom's gonna let him play. I'm, I'm still the head of my house, buddy. <laughs> like I'm the head of my house. <laughs> it's the only say I get. <laughs> he can only say that because Christina doesn't listen to the show. Uh, right. <laughs> None of you ladies tell her. <laughs> oh, mercy. So, hey, we, we every week we pretty much talk about this, but, man, we have an amazing trip coming up, going to Egypt, going to, um, to Jordan and Israel. The footsteps of Moses, you do not want to miss out on this trip. It's going to be amazing. So we have limited space. Yeah, we're going to do do by the end of September. Yeah, by the end of September. And, uh, man, we would love to have you join us. It's going to be awesome. I mean, a lot of people that listen to this, they probably said, man, you guys have been talking about this for like over a year. Yes. It has been a long time. (laughs) 
It takes but, a long time to plan but these we've things. We've been building the momentum to kind of share it. So we are, everything is set and in place. We are, we have already set aside uh, the rooms that we're going to have, um, you know, so everything is, is in order. It's ready to go. Now we're just waiting for people to sign up and put their deposits in and, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. You know, people say, well, I can always go, you know, and they put it off. But I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot always go with Barry Rice, Bob Schoenemann, and Pete Robinson. That's it's going it. to be It's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be special. And it's going to be crazy. But uh, we, wherever we go, I promise you this, we experience God and we have a good time. Oh, amen. I think that's what makes us the, so much fun. It's like, you know, we are allowed to we're just be ourselves and we joke and we laugh and we're excited, but man, we're passionate in the love of Jesus. And so it's, we, we know to how, I, I don't want to call it push the boundaries. I mean, we do, you know, sometimes we'll be a little bit out there, but we have fun Amen. and we're excited. And, and, but man, it's, we take God very seriously. Oh, very. We don't take ourselves. Free. No, that's a, great way. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. You know, I also heard, I think, I think Tim Tebow and Deion Sanders might be going on the trip with us. And I don't know. Yeah. And uh, his wife, Tim, Tim's wife. What's her name? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Miss Universe, right? Yeah. Wasn't she like a. Yeah. Demi. Yeah. Demi. Executive Demi. producer knew right off the top. Yeah. Yeah. Just right like away. That. That's Demi. awesome. Okay. I was kidding about that, but how cool would that be? Yeah, I Tim should Demi ask. Was my favorite. Hey, gator. Tim, if you want to go, I'll pay for you, buddy. There you I go. I should ask the, the Bowdens. So the Bowdens were um, um, Tommy Bowden and all them. They were supposed to go in um, May uh, or April on on this exact tour. So maybe we can ask them if they want to go in the summertime. So we'll Bro, do that. You talk about getting excited about yeah. the trip. And now we're football. talking about football. Yeah. Now, now I have other people to yeah. talk about football. Tied football into yeah. the trip. Yeah. Well, and maybe mean, we can get Coach Scott. You need something to talk about. Coach right. Scott, what is, what's going on in uh, college season during the summer? In June? Is, yeah. It's is just any? recruiting. Yeah. It's uh, just recruiting? Yeah, yeah. They're so taking, they're taking okay? the summer off. That's their yeah. downtime. Yeah. Perfect timing. We're April. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, well, we will make, hey, yeah, Tommy, if you're listening to this, um, which I think you do, but we'll see. Um, if you're listening to this, we're going to ask you to come to the June. I know you can't make the April, but maybe you can make yeah. the June. That'd be Tommy, fun. you're a great coach, but your dad was the best. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he, he'll admit that. He knows that. Yeah. Right? He comes up to His me and he, and he says, he goes, hey, you know what? You know what the worst part about my dad being dead? I was like, what? He goes, he had so many good jokes that I can't steal from anymore. <laughs> oh, um, Miss Bobby. But he is dancing with Jesus. Yes, he is. That was a great family. He hasn't lost a game in heaven. No, he hasn't. <laughs> he's, he's still a, undefeated. He's a winner. Right. Unbelievable. Oh. All right. Well, let's just get going. So what today we're going to, again, we're, this is the fourth show that we're going to be in John 18. This is a record for us. Okay. <laughs> we have never done one chapter and it's taken four times. We went through all of John 17. Remember that? All in one, one show. But now in John 18, we had to slow this roll down because there's so much meat. Remember there's when Pete so said much... we'd get through the book of John in like six months? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, so we're going to pick it back up and we're going to get into John 19 today though. So we're not oh, just so going to break it into a new chapter. Yeah. We're going to get oh, up to right. the verse 16, right. but we're going to call it the power of peer pressure, Pilate's decision, uh, John 18, 39 through 1916. So yeah. So the power of peer pressure. And again, we're, we're going to, context and that's pilot having the peer pressure of yeah actually two different parts i mean the roman government and then also governor governor government i can talk today and then also the jews and the, the sadducees the religious leaders the yeah yeah i'm like all tongue-tied you are you want me 
Let me open us up in prayer. You probably should. No, nope. yeah, because no, nope. let me. Yeah, you do it. All right. Even better. Yeah. I gotta leave yeah. early, so is it okay right. if I do it? Please, I would love it. Please, please, yeah. that'd be awesome. Right. Father God, I just pray for this show, and and Lord, uh, I pray that um, we would understand what is truth, and that uh, your your kingdom is not of this world, hmm. and uh, we just worship you, we honor you, and God, we pray uh, for our listeners that you would bless them with knowledge of you, that you would encourage them, that you would just take them deeper. And Lord, I pray that they would be just passionate and and broken to get your word out to the world and use every means possible. God, we pray that nothing that comes out of our mouth would uh, dishonor you, but everything that comes out of our mouth would honor you and yes. glorify you. It is you the reason why we do what we do. We live and breathe. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 All right. So the power of peer pressure. Yeah. Right, that's a lot of peace. Yeah. The power of peer pressure, Pilate's decision. And uh, like Pete said, we're going to be reading in John 18, verses 39, and then jumping into um, chapter 19 through verses 6. So if you are not driving or walking or running, you can open up your Bible. That'll give you a little moment to kind of jump ahead. So today, we'll be concluding our discussion of John 18. It is worth noting that this marks, like Pete said, this is the fourth show we've done on this one chapter. That's amazing. It is. And it's been fun. It's been been awesome. This prolonged engagement with a single chapter is unprecedented for the Riot Podcast. Never done it before. Never done it. First time you guys are hearing an amazing show for the... I think that's the definition of unprecedented. That's it. Thanks for that. Yeah. Anyway, Johnny... Wait, am I gonna be? Am I gonna be rough on you today? It's okay. I'm good. It's good. We right. our listeners like that. Oh, All right. goodness! I sorry, brother. It's Actually, okay. I'm not really that sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just having fun. John 18 is particularly significant as it covers the final hours of Jesus's life. We have previously delved into the account of his arrest in the garden. This is good. This will give us some context. Yeah. So uh, Jesus's arrest in the garden, yep. as well as Peter's confrontation with Malchus. Yep. Jesus' appearance before Caiaphas. Anybody doesn't know, he cut off his ear. He cut off his ear, and he he got mentioned in the Bible because of that. Yeah. High five. And you said Caiaphas. You said Caiaphas, well. Appearance from Caiaphas. Yeah. And the same, I've been, I've been. You know why? It's because we've had to say it so many times. I've been reading reading and studying. So I don't say Caiaphas anymore. It's Caiaphas. Yeah. You probably messed me up. I'm going to mess it up now. No. And the Sanhedrin. Yep. So Not those, just Caiaphas, the whole Sanhedrin, which is the court or, you know, all the like, it's like yeah. a Pharisees and it's like a, it's like a huge grand jury or something, yeah. right? Oh. Lawyers, Sadducees, uh, Pharisees, they're oh, all together. They're, they're sad, you Scribes, see. Yeah. And his interrogation by Pontius Pilate, during which we examine the famous quote, what is truth? What is truth, Pete? I thought of like, um, remember in, um, what is that with uh, Jack Nicholson says, you, you can't handle the truth. My favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll it? admit that out loud. A few good men. Yeah, a few good men. So it's like, like I can see this. What is truth? You know, I don't know. That's I don't know. <laughs> and Jesus. Oh, Jesus would have responded that way. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been loving. No. no. <laughs> oh, great. I cannot. No, do not picture Jesus as Jack Nicholson. That does not work <laughs> well in my brain. All right, today we will continue our exploration of the final phase of Jesus' life by focusing on Pilate's address to the Jews following the questioning 
of Jesus. And we're going to learn a little bit about Pilate's character yeah, today. Yeah, a little think. bit more than we've a had. A little bit more. I'm so, excited. You can tell this is going to be one of those shows. Yeah. What does All that right. mean? I don't know. We're going to find out. So, so let's, let's jump us. in. Verse 39, if you're reading along with us. ESV, we're going to be using. But you have a custom. Ooh. So who's talking here? This is Pilate, right? Yep. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release you, the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Oh, you want to keep reading, right? Yeah, um, seven. John 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed, arrayed him in a purple robe. They're mocking Jesus. Yep. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, struck him again with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns, purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers, um, sorry, I lost my spot there. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. I I, I read this, and again, I get emotional. Oh, I know. Uh, I, my, my voice was cracking. Anytime I read this, I picture that. I go back to the movie, The Passion of Christ. You know, we were talking about movies. Well, I, I mean, I, I just pictured you for a second. I'm just thinking, okay, here's my friend, Bob. I know Bob very well. We spent a lot of time together. And all of a sudden, these um, this foot, foot soldiers come to Bob's house. I'm having dinner with Bob that night and, and hanging out. And they, and they all of a sudden start hitting them and they're taking you away. And they're saying these false accusations about you. I know you very well. I know that they're not true. And, and then they go and I follow this and I go back down to the courthouse. And then all of a sudden you're, you're standing there before all of these magistrates and these people. And there, there's all these witnesses coming against you that I've never met and never seen before. I don't know who they are. And I know you pretty well. I know a lot of your friends and I know a lot of these things and they're falsely accusing you. And then they're hitting you and now they're spitting on you and they're beating you up. And I'm looking going, what in the world is going on? And as I follow this through, they take you to the governor or to the mayor or whoever it is. And there he's doing basically the same thing, but he takes it even further. Now it's backed by the power and he's, they've convinced themselves that you've done this wrong. And now they're just completely beating you. They're completely stripping you. They're putting these thorns on you. They're, your whole back is shredded. You're just completely dis, this wiped out. And, and I'm just thinking, going, what, how am I feeling at that moment? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm indignant. I'm irate. I'm, I don't know how to explain it. I'm emotionally distraught. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking is his followers that are sitting there, they got to be sitting there just sick to their stomach. It, and, and I mean, I don't know if in their minds, if they're thinking they're going back to man, he did kind of say that he was going to die. I, he was going to be persecuted. He was going to put him at, they, they kind of maybe are registering maybe a little bit, maybe not. They're not understanding it. They can't comprehend it. They, they, they know this Jesus as a man that, that walked on water. The, the, he fed the 5,000. He's healed everybody that could think of. I mean, the words that he spoke dumbfounded everybody, including the, the smartest people in the land. 
And, and so they're like, wait, what is going on? This is not right. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, man, that's kind of put yourself in this situation. Yeah. How does your brain even process? What's yeah. Happening? It's hard. It's hard. So just reading that again, it's just brought a lot of emotions up in me. Wow. Well, we know from the other gospels that Pilate sent Jesus to King Herod. This interaction with the Jews is after his meeting with Herod. The fact that Herod had found nothing worthy of death in Jesus encouraged Pilate to confront the Jewish leaders and to seek to release the prisoner. So the next step is to punish the prisoner and then release him. Yeah, so that's according to their custom. So they would they would say, okay, there's a to keep peace, to keep order. All right, this is what they're bringing. Okay, I'm going to punish him. We're going to give it, you know, the the ritual effect or whatever. You know, we're going to say, okay, it's done. Now we're going to release him. You know, and then at Passover, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But at Passover, they do it even more. They release one prisoner just to keep people happy and to keep the crowds happy and so forth. And so they do it. But the problem with this is that the Jewish leaders have already made up their mind about Jesus, and there was nothing Pilate could say to convince them otherwise. I mean, he's trying, uh, granted. Mob rules already kind of taken over. I mean, you can tell Pilate is trying to be the noble, do the noble thing. But if you're you're dealing with someone that has already made up their mind, there's not much you can do to convince people otherwise. How many times have we've talked with somebody that are dead against whatever you're saying or are dead set in whatever they believe? There's really nothing you can do. So it's not in that. And I mean, that's kind of like, you know, any debate, anything that you're doing, if the person cannot see the other side or cannot, cannot come from both perspectives, they only are narrow-minded or they're just one way, Yeah. then that is it. Yeah, it's but, kind of the definition of being open-minded, right? Being willing to at least listen, <clears throat> listen to somebody else's point of view. It's when, with us as, as followers of Christ, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we, we do not budge on what is true. Why do we believe that? We don't believe that. I mean, we don't budge there. <laughs> you got me confused. But, but what we will do is we will have an open discussion with somebody and hear them and listen to them and have um, compassion on them and come from their perspective as much as we can so that we can help them find the truth of God, yeah. that we can help them find peace and joy and love. And so there's a difference. If we're not being closed-minded, we're still listening with compassion, with love. So that's, anyway, they're, they're, the Jewish people are completely dead set. They're not hearing it. They're just ready. They just want to crucify him, and that's what happened. So, all right. Hoping to strengthen Pilate's case, he offered to bargain with them. It was, it was custom at Passover for the governor to release a prisoner and, and just to please the Jews. So why not release Jesus? I mean, we got to give him credit here. I mean, he knows that there's something going on here. Um, it's incredible that the crowd asked for Barabbas, right? the people persuaded by the chief priests and the elders who, whose religious convictions did not motivate them towards justice and equality. That's why it's so important that the pastors and the leaders of the church point people to Jesus. They need to get their eyes off of themselves. The, a, leader, uh, a leader should not be leading a church according to their own passions or their own desires. That's what's happening here. There is no biblical foundation or truth here. They are, they are rallying their crowd to follow what they feel is right. They feel threatened. They mm. feel like this is wrong. So they are making their crowds believe that. We can do that as leaders in politics. We can do it in whatever else that we do. We have to be very careful that we do not do that to our congregations. What we need to do with our congregations is get them on their knees and repenting and asking the, the Lord to reveal to them what is true. And that everything that we say from the pulpit or from our mouth is in concert with or in context of the word of God, that we don't take it out of the word of God. And it always points people to Jesus and it always brings him. 
That is not what happened here. These, Sadd these uh, Pharisees and Sadducees in the Sanhedrin were bringing people to their opinion, to their feeling, to their threaten, and all the people followed them. And they all at one point were saying, you know, hail to the king. And now they're saying, crucify him, crucify him. So part of the reason could be Jesus had been a popular figure among the people, but they were no doubt disappointed that he had not led a popular uprising to overthrow Rome. Perhaps his triumphal entry a few days before would be the start of the Jewish liberation. That didn't happen. So now they believe what the Pharisees and Sadducees were saying. That's such a good point. You go, they go from Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to crucify him, crucify him, crucify him in what, four days? Yeah, close, right there. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. Never at a loss for an idea. Pilate tries a new approach, sympathy. <laughs> the crowd had cried crucify him, but perhaps they would be satisfied if Jesus was scourged. What man could behold a scourged prisoner and still want that victim crucified? Yeah. But interesting, right? I can understand that logic. I can get it because, again, Pilate is dealing with keeping the peace. I mean, that's really where he's at. And obviously, this, this, this crowd is in a frenzy. Obviously, there's a passion here that he's probably never seen. Um, he talks with Jesus, and he's dumbfounded by him. So in his mind, he's like, okay, I feel peace from this guy. I feel joy. I feel love and kindness. I'm on trial here. I feel convicted, right? And so he knows in his mind and his heart, there's nothing wrong with this guy. But I need to keep peace. So I have two things that I'm trying to figure out. So he says, okay, let's scourge him. You know, let's, let's beat him. That'll, let's do this. That'll satisfy him. That should satisfy him. They're gonna, he's going to present them. Behold the man, it says. And uh, that should at least shut this down. They should be pleased with that. But you got to understand what the scourging was. So the scourge was a leather whip knotted and weighted with pieces of metal or bone. And many a prisoner never sur survived the whipping itself. It pains me to think that the sinless son of God was subjected to such cruelty. He was innocent, yet he was treated as though he were guilty. And he did it for us. Mm, we, we have to just kind of comprehend that. <sighs> all of this, we are the one that it's in sin. We're the one that's going to death for all eternity, for hell. Sin is, the, is, is what leads us to death. Jesus says, I want to give you life. I'm going to come to set you free from the bondages of sin in this world. But I have to be the sacrificial lamb. I have to spill the love. I have to live the life of holy and pleasing. I have to spill the blood. And then when I rise again, that anybody that believes in me have eternal life. And he did that. For me. Mm. He went through all of this. He had to be the sacrificial Again, I, we don't want to just take this for granted. We don't want to just brush over this. We've heard this. You and I have heard this so many times. We've talked about this so many times. But it's still, if we really listen to what's being said, this is emotional. This is like, this is a big deal to us as followers of Christ of what Jesus did, what he went through uh, for that we can have. Yeah, it's pretty easy for us, I think, separated by a couple thousand years that just kind of gloss over this. This is what God did for us. It's just uncomprehensible. This is deep and heavy, and, yeah. and I don't want to make it light of it. I mean, what Jesus did was something, something, something else. All right, Pilate had called him, Jesus, the king of the Jews. So the soldiers decided the king should have a crown and a robe. The Jews had mocked his claim of being a prophet, and now the Gentiles mocked his claim of being a king. <clears throat> the verb tense here in, in the Greek text of John 19.3 indicate that the soldiers repeatedly came to him. They repeatedly mocked him, and they repeatedly beat him with their hands. That's, it's not a, 
a short kind of boom, 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 boom. This is a constant boom, 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 boom. That's what's happening here. The forces of hell were having a heyday in Pilate's Hall. I mean, they were just absolutely waylaying against Jesus. In Genesis 3, 17 and 19, it says, sin had brought thorns and thistles into the world. So it was only fitting that the creator wear a crown of thorns as he bore the sins of the world on it. <clears throat> wow, what a, what a picture there. Yeah, yeah, drawing us back to the Garden of Eden, the perfect, the perfect place, the paradise that God created for us, that we messed up through sin. And, with that, and so just what a great picture. I mean, again, yeah. these are people that they understand, you know, uh, living off the land, right? Yeah. So the thorns and thistles and the things that pop up and that you don't want in your garden if you if you have a garden at home, yep. you know none of that stuff existed until sin came into the yep. world. And so it's that would what equate a great to picture. sin. So what there a it is. Great picture. Yep. All right. The failure of Pilate's plan teaches us a very important lesson. What? It takes more than human sentiment to bring the lost sinner to oh, salvation. Wow. Amen. I read somewhere that there's a view of the atonement called the moral influence theory. That would fit right into governor's approach. It states that the realization of Jesus suffering moves the heart of the sinner so that he turns from sin and begins to love God. It is purely subjective and has no bearing on the holiness of God or the importance of satisfying divine justice. If any crowd should have been moved by pity, it was the Jewish crowd that waited on Pilate. What nation has suffered more than the Jews? Here was their own, a Jewish prophet suffering unjustly at the hands of the Romans, and the Jews did not repent or even show any touch of pity. If sinners who actually saw Christ in his suffering did not repent, what hope is there for people 20 centuries later who only read about his agonies? Now just think about it. Mm. It's a pretty profound statement. It's a pretty profound thought. But in order Remember, remember when they said that, well, if, you, if we see the miracles, we would believe. Um, remember what he told the disciples? He says, man, you guys have seen this. Thomas, you've seen this, but just think about the ones that have not seen it and believe. How much more is their faith accounted for them, mm-hmm. to them? And so, again, we that try to uh, discredit what Jesus did, discredit the, the importance of it, downplay it, um, you know, those people, even if they saw it, they wouldn't. Believe. Yeah. It's, it's something, you know, when Jesus says in John 17 that we covered a while back, when, when Jesus says, I, I know who are mine and I have not lost any, except for the son of perdition talking about um, Judas Iscariot. But he, he, he goes, I know who are mine. If you are chosen by God, if God has set you apart, if God has made you his own, okay, you will bend your knee. You will confess that Christ is the Lord. You will believe in your heart that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day and that he did that so that you can uh, have eternal life and that your sins would be forgiven. You believe that. But if your heart is um, trying to, to justify, trying to prove something otherwise, no matter what has been given to you, no matter what is shown to you, you're just, you're not going to believe. And so for me, I won't spend time with you and disciple you. I won't do that. If you have a heart that you could sense is repentive and you have a heart that's truly, the Bible says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. 
if that is you, and I call you fat Christians, faithful, available, and teachable, if I see that you're a faithful, available, and teachable, if I see that you really do want to learn or whatever, as a follower of Christ, and I'm talking to every one of us, as a follower of Christ, we find people like that in our life, then we adjust our life no matter what. God has brought that person in your life. You adjust your life and you spend time discipling them and you teach them. But if they are skeptical, like these, the, the Jewish people here, if they were skeptical and they don't believe, I would say they're not child of God. Doesn't mean that they one day won't repent. Doesn't mean that they won't they come back. They might. And when they become a fat Christian or a faithful, available, teachable person, <laughs> Then, then that will be that time that they would be discipled and taken through. So I, that's kind of the context here. So we, I know we rambled on a little bit, but that kind of helps give it. Stuff. No, it is a good picture. I mean, that you had the Jews there watching the Romans who they hated yeah, because they're occupying them, beat, you know, a prophet of God. Yeah. And they just, uh, they, they turned on them. Yep. It's just crazy. All right. The cross involves much more than an expedition, ex, exhibition of yep. innocent suffering. Son of God paid the price for the sins of the world and therefore declared the love of God and defended the holiness and justice of God. We are not saved by feeling pity for Jesus. That's a pretty important point there. Yes. We are not saved by feeling pity for Jesus. We are saved by repenting of our sins and trusting Jesus, the sinless substitute. Again, it goes back to that to the person that I'm talking about that is not faithful, available, teachable. They can maybe believe that Jesus was real and show pity on that, but they're not repenting of their sins. They're not, they're not humbling themselves in that. You cannot be saved by showing pity. I could show pity that you were being scourged at the beginning of the story that was, I could show pity, oh my gosh, that shouldn't happen, da, da, da. But it's a whole different thing if I fully believed the message that you were giving or believed, uh, you know, whatever, that you're being wronged or whatever that was, that the stance or why are they over there, they're crucifying you or doing whatever. But yeah, so yeah, we cannot, there's, we cannot have pity and be saved. There's no way. This does not mean that it's wrong for the believers to contemplate the cross and meditate on Christ's sufferings, but we must not confuse sentimental, sentimentality with true spiritual emotion. It is one thing to shed tears during church service and quite something else to sacrifice, suffer, and serve after meeting has ended. We do not simply contemplate the cross, we carry it. Ooh. So the bottom line is, is if we're going to church, what it's saying here in context is that it's not going to church to make yourself feel better, but you're not really being transformed or changed. But if you're going to church and you are broken and contrite and, and, and sacrificing yourself and love so that others can go to know Jesus and doing whatever it takes to remove obstacles and to help and to love and to serve, there's something different. That's supernatural. And uh, that's what Jesus is, is saying here. And that's what we are as Christians need to understand. So, all right, let's do the transition. Yep. The Chinese teacher Confucius defined cowardice as to know what is right and not do it. The religious leaders and Pilate knew the right thing to do and did not do it. We at times know what the right thing is to do and do not do it as well. <laughs> so let's be careful not to cast stones here. Amen. Let's read verses 8 through 16 and see Pilate, see Pilate become the ultimate coward in ordering the death sentence on Jesus' yeah, we life. Yeah, we defined this coward word while in a couple of shows back or maybe last show or whatever through 18. I mean, we've been saying this about Pilate for some time. 
his actions, no matter how you look at it, are cowardly. And if we if we do things like this, we're cowardly. So, yeah, we can't get into it. But let's go ahead. Let's read uh, what is John, John 9. John 19, 8. Yeah, 19, 8 through 16. through 16. Yep. When Pilate heard the statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know what authority I have to release you and the authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he delivered me over to you. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief, answered, the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered over to them to be crucified. And coward. <sighs> Man. All right. I mean, you said it earlier. His job, Pilate's job, is to keep the peace. Yeah. So he's he's a Roman in charge, yeah. occupying Jerusalem, in yeah. charge of keeping the peace over the Jews. So that kind of gives you context where he's, I mean, he's done everything, he, you know, he even looks like he, he brought Jesus into his home or into his office he tried. or something and had a conversation with him. And he clearly, I, I think you're reading this. He's like, this guy's, there's no guilt on this guy, Yeah, but he's so afraid of the mob yep. and yep. maybe the repercussions, you know, if the mob gets out of control, oh, what's, yeah. what's Caesar going to do to me? Of course. So he's just, he it's, he's worried about his own tail. He's That's trying it. to protect himself. That's it. Not justice. So go ahead in statement seven and let's just, let's read The Romans that. and Greeks had numerous myths about the gods coming to earth as men. So it's likely Pilate's res- that Pilate responded to the phrase son of God with these stories in mind. The governor had been impressed by the words and demeanor of Jesus. He had never met a prisoner like him before. I believe There's that a, strongly. That's an understatement. Yeah. Was he indeed a God come from, come to earth? Did he have supernatural powers? No wonder Pilate was starting to be afraid. Also, in Matthew 27, 19, Pilate's wife had sent a strange message that he should have nothing to do with Jesus. With all of this said, uh, to ask the question, why did Jesus not answer Pilate's question? I believe because he had already answered it. I mean, it's his basic super uh, spiritual principle that God does not reveal new truth to us if we fail to act on the truth we've already known. I mean, how many times have we said, you know, do not go, do not have sexual affair with a woman? But we end up having sexual affair. Lord, please help me, whatever. He's already told you the truth. You already know what it is. <laughs> He's not going to tell you again. Plus, Pilate had already made it clear that he was not personally interested in spiritual truth. All, he wasn't faithful. He wasn't available or teachable. He wasn't any of those, right? So it's already made it clear. If you're dealing with people that are not faithful, available, teachable, it, it's not, you're not wasting your time with that because we'll, we'll it's, it's not happening. So all he was concerned about was maintaining peace with Jerusalem as he tried to expedite the trial of Jesus. So in essence, Pilate did not deserve the answer. That's really the truth. Okay. Yeah. Well, fear and anger often go together. 
When we are afraid, we are weak. We go to other extreme and try to appear strong. That's so true. This is what Pilate did is he reminded Jesus of his Roman authority. Yeah, I can see Jesus just kind of, you know, chuckling under his breath if he wasn't in so much pain. Yeah, when he said it, I mean, I almost think that, did he stay calm? Did he smile? Did he yeah. smirk? <laughs> I mean, he, the guy has no idea. Uh, He's blinded to truth here. Yeah. But his statement did not demonstrate his power. In fact, it demonstrates his weakness. Yes. Or if he had the authority to release Jesus, why did he not do it? Exactly. He condemned himself with his own boastful words. Exactly. I mean, you can't, that's the point right there. Exactly. If he had all this authority, he could have released him. He knew in his heart he was innocent. Yep. He was a coward. He was a coward. And, and he succumbed to the cowardness of that, of that moment. So, and again, what's happening behind the scenes? Satan is in control right? This is a spiritual battle. You got to understand that the darkness and evil was present and the forces were, were heavy at that moment. And so that's what's going on. But in John 19, 11 records Jesus' last words to Pilate, words that reveal his faith in the father and his surrender to his will. All authority comes from God. So Jesus was able to surrender to Rome and the Jews because he was first of all yielded to God. Pilate was boasting about his authority, but Jesus reminded him that his so-called authority was only delegated to him from God. One day, God would call him to account for the way he used his privileges and responsibilities. Mm. And all of us. All of us. So, I mean, that's like, you know, the Bible is very clear. He's given us all gifts and talents. And, and, it's, and it's also very clear that if you use your gifts and talents to bring God glory— that he'll possibly give you more gifts and talents because you are a child of God that's being obedient to God and serving God the way that God designed you and organized you to be. But if you are not, you're going to be held accountable for that. Mm. And God might take those gifts and talents away from you. So that's why, you know, it's, it's very important that we examine our lives, that we look at our lives and we say, hey, am I using what God has given me for his glory? Or am I not? And if you're not, you might lose those and you might not have them. And one day you're going to stand before God anyways, and you're going to have to give an account to why you did not. Pilate had to give an account. All right. All right. Still in verse 11, who was Jesus referring to when he said this? This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Certainly he's not referring to God because God does not and cannot sin. Yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, you have to really read that slowly and just look at it in context. So Jesus referring to Caiaphas, obviously the corrupt high priest who had long before determined that Jesus must die. So Caiaphas knew the scriptures and had been given every opportunity to examine the evidence. He had willfully closed his eyes and hardened his heart. He had seen to it that Jesus was not given a fair trial. He, made, he, made, he went out of his way to make sure of that. Pilate was spiritually blinded a pagan, but Caiaphas was a Jew who had knowledge of the scripture. So Jesus is making a very big point. He's saying, listen, Pilate, you're, you're blinded. You know, you don't know the truth. Um, all right. You know, I, I'm more not worried about you as much as Caiaphas. Caiaphas has a, has Caiaphas a, should have known better. Oh, he's having the hammer dropped on. Yeah. I mean, Caiaphas is in hell burning. Right. All right. What a dilemma Pilate was in. Mm -hmm. How would he go about investigating the claim that Jesus was the son of God? That's <laughs> great question. I mean, think about it. Here's Passover. They're pushing it. There's drama. There's chaos. There's all of these things. And this guy needs to investigate to see if he's true. 
right? Is who you are true. So he tries to give him to Heron. But in this setting, he could not properly investigate. There's no way. Pilate tried to release Jesus. He knew in his heart that he was innocent. John does not tell us that what steps Pilate took. The Greeks say, uh, the Greek says that he was he kept seeking to release him. So I mean, it's like the word they're used is like he kept trying over and over and over and over again. I mean, there's there's probably more ways that he tried, but th that are written here in the word. But when the crowd accused Pilate of being a traitor to Caesar, that seemed to set Pilate off. And that is when he realized he had no other choice. So Matthew's gospel tells us that Pilate washed his hands before the crowd, but this did not cleanse his heart. So again, it shows us Pilate was, a was on trial, not Jesus. Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure that Pilate probably felt guilty. He probably felt condemned himself. He goes, he's probably looking and talking to those guys. There's probably more things that maybe were said that we don't even know. Yeah. Um, and so... Well, him washing his hands of it. I mean, that just demonstrates that, yep. look, you know, this is wrong. Yep. And I don't want any part yep. of it. And he's on trial. Yep. Yep. All right. Crowd had the last word. They said, we have no king but Caesar. We will not have this man reign over us. Satan's lies deceive people and hardens their hearts. It was true back then, and it's true today. I mean, how many times have people said, I would never go to church. I would never give my life to Jesus. I would never, 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 never. And something happened in their life or something caused Satan to get in there to deceive them to create a lie that they now are living or dying by. And the crowd's last words, we have no king but Caesar. Oof. And Jesus clearly describes himself as the king of kings and lord of lords. You know, he is the alpha and the mega, as John said. They're he declaring is the their own condemnation. <laughs> they don't even realize what they're saying. But Satan is a master deceiver. Yeah. And he's deceived so many people. And, and it broke Jesus's heart and it should break our heart. And I pray that if you ever come across somebody like that and they are so hardened against God and Christ, just pray for them, pray that some way, somehow something would take place that they would be able to see and experience the love of God that would set them free and change them. Um, because I promise you, even though they're saying these hard things and are doing these bad things, Jesus still loves them. And it's never, ne never going to change. And so if Jesus loves them, you too, you should as well. So look past that hate, look past that anger and, and get to where Jesus was, where Jesus said, La Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. Just know that they're in the world and they're blind to truth. And if that's the case, just love them. And that's such a good point, that being blind to truth. Satan does a really good job of keeping us busy yep. and distracting us with other things. I, I know you do this. Uh, sometimes I... One instance really stands out. I was downtown Orlando walking, walking to a game or going to a meeting or something. Anyway, there was a homeless guy there and I just walked up to him and he was asking me for money. And uh, I just asked him, you know, can I pray with you? And he's like, oh yeah. And it's funny because some people will be like, well, I don't believe in God. Don't but that's so rare. And I think as Christians, we're like, oh, I'm afraid to say something because, you know, what if, what if, what if most of the time, I mean, the vast majority of the time, people are very open to that. And, and I'm telling good, you. And I think what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, but I think what Satan does is he distracts us. So they don't even, they're not even thinking about God. They're thinking about how am I going to survive and do this? God doesn't even come to mind. And we, we come up to him and can I pray for you? And they're like, oh yeah, I, re, I know God, you know, and, and just, 
it's just it's almost like brings it back front of mind and they're not even thinking about it so i think it's just, that's another reason why it's important to keep sharing because satan will blind them i will put this out there and and i would say a high percentage of people are looking for opportunities to talk about spirit hmm. and um and i'm putting it out there because i'm saying don't don't just take my word for it test it go yes. go and talk to somebody about spiritual things just ask them hey would you like to talk about spiritual things and and just see what people and and a high percentage of people are willing to want to talk about spiritual things it's it's when we get to the point of saying hey would you want to repent of your sins today and give your life to Jesus is when you're going to have to start having issues. Yep. But people want to talk about spiritual things. And so talk to them about spiritual things. And you have no idea. There might be struggling. You have no idea where they might be in their lock right now. They might have been trying to cry out to God for the last few years. They may have been struggling with something for the last few years. And there might be something that you say that helps open their eyes to everything. And because they really are searching, they really are seeking for some answers. You know, it just hit me when you said that. How many people that are like, when talking about the homeless, I mean, people that are just, they felt like they've hit rock bottom. How many of them have been talking to God saying, just send me a sign? Yeah. You're it. You could be that sign. Yeah. And it's getting outside of ourselves. It's like when Jesus has so consumed your life, it should be a matter of fact that you're always a witness to Christ. And so like everywhere you go, you should always be mindful that you are an agent of the most high God and that you are on duty and you are there to deliver the good news of Christ to every single person that you come in contact. You are an ambassador. That's it. And so it's a spoken word. It's a um, creating a conversation. My wife knows me very well. I am a uh, homebody. I would much rather be by myself. I've shared this on the show many times. I'm a give me a book, leave me in my room and leave me alone. For me to start a conversation with a person is, is pulling teeth. But I always know where I'm at spiritually when I'm always having engaging conversations with other people. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and if I'm not having engaging conversations with other people, it tells me that I'm not being obedient to Christ and I'm being about myself. And I want to serve myself than I want to serve other people. And so it's always a barometer for me. And it should be a barometer to every one of us. We have a duty to be light to darkness. We have a duty to speak life into people. We have a duty to elevate others above ourselves. We have a duty to, to really engage in conversations that bring people to spiritual conversations, to talk about spiritual things. If you're not doing that, I pray in the name of Jesus, this convicts your heart. And I pray that this would be changed and transformed in you and that you would look for opportunities to be the light in darkness and that you would create conversations. And if you're not doing it, it's probably a testimony that you're probably not walking the way that the Lord wants because Jesus did it and he set the example. And so we should Mm. thoughts. Well, I was just going to say, don't take this wrong way, but don't be a coward. Yeah. Amen to that. It's the truth. So from a human standpoint, the trial of Jesus was the greatest crime and tragedy in history. So from the divine viewpoint, it was the fulfillment of prophecy and the accomplishment of the will of God. The fact that God had planned all of this did not absolve the participants of their responsibilities. In fact, at Pentecost, Peter put both sides together in one statement. He said in Acts 2.23, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Hmm. So when Israel asked to have a king and God gave them Saul, the nation rejected God the Father. 
When they asked for Barabbas, they rejected God the Son. Today, many are rejecting the pleading of God and the Holy Spirit to repent of their sins. Yet there will come a day when they shall see the King. They should believe and be saved or spend eternity in hell separated from God. God was never on trial. We have to understand it's us. He is a holy God. If you heard this message and God talked to you and he spoke to your heart and, and, and you feel that you need to repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus today, right now is the opportunity. Don't, don't waste. Don't, don't put it off. Just do it now. So in your heart of hearts, you just bow your heart and your, and your eyes and you just pray in your spirit and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I, I believe that way I've been living has been wrong. And I believe that I need to turn from that and I need to follow your ways. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I believe that you did it for me. And I believe that I can have eternal life if I believe in you. And then, and then I confess today that um, I, I want to walk with you and get to know you. And I confess today to, to want to be in my word, to be in fellowship with other believers, to start going to church and to start growing in my walk spiritually. And, uh, and, and, and if you said that in your heart, the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And the Bible also says that now it's time to go confess it before other men. The Bible says, if you confess before men, then the father in heaven will confess you before his father. Jesus in heaven will confess you before his father. But if you deny it before men, then Jesus will deny you before the father in heaven. So we don't want to be denied by Jesus. And, uh, and so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they denied it. Many of them are in hell right now. Um, and then there are many that uh, Pharisees and Sadducees that did bow their knees, like Zacchaeus and, and um, my mind just went blank. But yes, those ones um, that gave their life to the Lord. And so, but if you did give your life to the Lord, Bob, what we would love to hear from them. How could they get in touch with us? Yeah, that's great. I think the best way is just re- go to our website, theriotpodcast.com and uh, click on the No God tab. Got lots of resources for you there. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, there's a place for you to just fill out a contact, um, you know, contact us. And we would love to hear from you. We'll, you know, reach out to you. Love to hear your story. Uh, We'd love to share our story with you. So just reach out to us that way. You can also utilize all of our social media sites from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram. And I always like to point people to our YouTube channel. What a, a great place if you if you have your op- opportunity to watch the the Riot podcast instead of just listen to it, you can do it right there. And uh, make sure you subscribe and uh, hit that little bell, and you'll be alerted every Thursday when a new episode is released. And then finally, we mentioned earlier about the trip. I'm not going to push it one more time, but I just want to let you know there's a place, there's a banner actually on the website that has all the information, describes the itinerary. Gives you all the information you need to know, but uh, it's going to be an epic trip and uh, you will be blessed. I promise you. So join us. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Hey, can you imagine if I did the show like this? So if yeah, anybody is watching, very distracting. If anybody is watching on YouTube right now, I'm my the mic is covering my face. <laughs> the tool time Taylor, right? We had, we had Pastor Rodney on one time and this is what it looked like. And, uh, and so Pastor Rodney, shout out to you. But anyway, uh, be blessed, guys. Have a great day. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.